0: This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate... Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from LiveWire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is actually good in the news. I am Luke Burbank, right over there, my dear friend, Elena Passarello. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Laner? Uh,
1: Not much. Uh, sun is <laughs> shining, but it's also raining outside, so...
0: I know. Hmm. It can't decide here where I am in Portland, but, um, <laughs> you know, we'll take it. This is week seven of the Best News Podcast, and if you notice... Elena, I am dressed a little more formally.
1: Well, I mean, I can only see from uh, your uh, rib cage up, so I don't know. That's right. As we learned last week, there might be something else happening. uh...
0: Well, that's exactly my point. Okay. I came in here last week wearing running shorts and like a collared shirt. That was what was visible on our little video connection to try to make you, my friend, feel more comfortable about. Outfit choices, I shared with you what I thought was just a personal piece of information, which Mm -hmm. was that I was wearing running shorts, and I actually went and did like a little dance in the back of this office that I broadcast from. You proved it. I proved it, but this was just because I wanted you to know that that it's okay to be casual, Mm -hmm. and what I did not realize was the best news social media team was going to capture that video and then, like, send it out to the internet. That is 100% the worst I've ever looked in the history of recording, not just this show, but Livewire in general. I I hadn't showered for a couple of days. I'm in running shorts. I was embarrassed, really, for you to even just see me, Elena, over this video connection, let alone... The entire internet having access to it. So now I am fully dressed. I'm in basically a suit, and I'm. This is what I have to wear now every week when we record this program.
1: You're like Elvis Presley. Like you're never going to let yourself be filmed from the waist down again. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Was that something that he instituted
0: at a certain point? No, he
1: didn't. Uh, when he was on Ed Sullivan, they famously refused to show the lower half of his body because his gyrations were not mid-fifties appropriate. I remember that, so they
0: just hearing about how, how uh, they were worried that it was going to just drive people mad, his gyrations.
1: Yeah, and so your running shorts are basically like Elvis's yes.
0: dance moves. That's right. <laughs> it drove hundreds of people mad uh, with, uh, with what my bare legs look like on, on the internet. So along with a little change to my um, fashion choices, the sort of best news from my life this week, Elena, is mm-hmm. that my kid is turning 28 years old. <gasps> This week, 28, which is unreal to me because, of course, I was very young when she was born. I was 17 wow. years old when I was 17. When my daughter was being born, 28 was an old person to me. Uh, yeah. You know what man. I mean? man. <laughs> you know when you're like in your early 20s and you go to a party and there's some like people in their late 20s and you think like, who invited the old people to this thing? <laughs> I was—I couldn't even imagine being 28 when this child came into the world, and now she is herself turning 28, and it is just, like, incredible. The problem, though, the thing I didn't plan—I mean, one of the ideas of having kids is that then when you are older— your kids can maybe help take care of you a little bit. This is—I'm mm-hmm. convinced this is why my parents had seven children. <laughs> Just <laughs> cover the. My bases. mom is kind of a lot, and she was like, "It's going to take a lot of kids. We need to share this. <laughs> we need to spread this across a wide spectrum of people." My daughter and I are both going to be old at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm 80, she's going to be 73.
1: Oh, but no, that's not true. <laughs>
0: It's absolutely, wait, You didn't
1: have her when you were seven, did you?
0: Oh, good. Okay, she'll be 63. That's actually relatively young. That's actually a relief to me, Elena, because I think I've been doing the math wrong, and I've been thinking that we're going to be like within seven years of each other, which really was not enough buffer Uh, in how we're aging. But no, no, no. You know what? 63. When
1: she's 73, you're going to be 90. So you won't even care at that point.
0: No. (laughs) I mean, although who knows what 90 will be when we're 90, Elena. Maybe 90 will be like uh, middle age.
1: I just want like a robot butler, uh, (laughs) like senior care resident that will listen to me
0: and also is a (laughs) built-in karaoke machine. I can see you being very happy living out your dotage just singing karaoke. Probably to yourself.
1: Well, I don't have any kids, and I'm in my 40s, so uh, I really uh, need to rely on robot care. I think <laughs> if if your if your prophecy holds true, and our children are who take care of us when we get old.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I I seriously underthought this when I was 17 years old, attending the North Seattle Christian Prom. I really had not I had not gamed out what this was going to look like over the course of the decades, and yet I am very very excited that my beautiful daughter is. 28 years old this week. So that's the best news for my life.
1: Yeah, that's the great news. 28 years of your awesome kid. Happy birthday.
0: Let's get into what's good out there in the wider world. What's the best news that you saw this week, Elena?
1: Well, believe it or not, I'm going back to Canada. Mm. I feel like every other best news I present is Canadian in
0: nature. They seem like a kindly people up there north of the border, generally speaking, you know?
1: Yeah. And great comedy. And this actually is kind of North American in scope because this is a program that began in the U.S., but the Canadians just took it a step further. The name of the program is Parks, but it's spelled P-A-R-X. And it's a program that the National Park Service runs that Sort of prescribes going outside and being in nature as crucial to a person's health. Parks, rec- which it is, yeah, and we're so lucky to live in Oregon where that is just so crazy possible all the time. But now the BC British Columbia Parks Foundation and Parks Canada have taken the Parks Initiative one step further, and they have supplied to medical professionals in four provinces a hundred passes to national parks. That the doctors can then prescribe to their patients.
0: So prescription parks passes. P
1: Prescription parks pass. <laughs> so as part of your your you know run to the drugstore to get your levothyroxine and you know your antacids or whatever. <laughs> Wait a
0: second. Is that a real thing? <laughs> oh, levothyroxine. Or did you just in- invent that?
1: Oh no, I I uh, me and levothyroxine uh, meet each other every morning an hour before I eat breakfast.
0: Well, I don't want to create a HIPAA violation here on the air, but I hope everything's okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, And uh, it sounds like in the the Zoom chat, quite a few LiveWire staff members also are shouting out levothyroxine too. Um, But yeah, so just like that, but instead of a pill that you take every morning, it's a parks pass uh, that they encourage because there are a few of them get prescribed to people who actually live close to 80 Mm. parks and reserves in Canada and maybe wouldn't be able to afford a parks pass should they not have had one prescribed to them. And I just love that holistic idea that taking care of yourself by going outside and being a part of the natural world is as important to you as medicine. It is medicine.
0: Absolutely. that's and And the idea that it's a prescription, I wonder if that will... Cause some folks to actually take advantage of it in a way that they wouldn't have previously yeah because I think we all kind of know that when you get out in nature and you just sort of hear you know the the sound of a of a rushing river or just that kind of quiet that you have in the woods because they're all the needles have fallen and just like absorb sound yeah. biorhythmically I feel like that does something inside of me that makes me feel so much better yeah and yet I don't you you know you Point out, we live in Oregon. We're surrounded by this natural beauty, and yet I don't avail myself of that stuff nearly as much as I should. But if I had a doctor, if a doctor prescribed me like a antifungal or something <laughs> for my, uh, you know, for my feet, I would take it. I'd be like the doctor. I'm looking at it. The doctor said, "You got to take this for your feet, or whatever." My feet are fine, by the way. This mm-hmm. is a hypothetical. Mm. I want the best news. You went right <laughs> listeners to do. Okay. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but but if I had a prescription from a doctor saying, "I'm prescribing you," this time in nature, I feel like I would be much more likely to actually go out and do it because like a doctor told me I'm supposed to.
1: Well, I'll just prescribe it to you, Dr. Lehner, and I'll use the (laughs) recommended dose that Parks gives, which is two hours a week. And uh, both of those sessions have to be longer than 20 minutes. So you can't do like a 10 minute thing and then an hour and 50 minute thing for the next one. You need to spend at least 20 minutes outside totaling two hours and totaling
0: twice a week or more. I will take it. I accept that prescription, mm-hmm. and we're. You know what? Just pass that along to just like anyone listening yeah. right now.
1: Also, foot fungal cream if you need
0: it. Sounds like go, <laughs> go for it. That one you've got to go to a. Are you a doctor yet? I mean, are you a doctor of letters? I'm a master. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you you can prescribe a Parks trip, but you cannot prescribe something for my feet. No, no. I mean, okay. I could, but you. It would probably be a pedicure. I I get too ticklish when I, I've gotten pedicures before. Mm-hmm. I cannot handle. Somebody the working on my toes in that way. I am just. I have like tears of laughter coming down my face, which is very unsettling for everyone <laughs> who's just trying to get their pedicure and read their <laughs> uh, People magazine. I feel like there's a certain kind of magazine you have to read while getting a pedicure, oh, and yeah. it can't be something like The Atlantic or Harper's or The New Yorker. It has to be yeah. like Us Weekly level of yeah. magazine while you're getting the. The toe's done.
1: Chip and Joanna Gaines have to be on the cover of it. Anything from the Magnolia (laughs) Empire
0: will do. The best news that I saw this week uh, comes out of Beijing and the Winter Olympics, where Erin Jackson has become the first black woman to win a speed skating medal ever at the Winter Olympics. She did so on uh, behalf of the U.S., and she won a gold medal. This was in the 500 meters. Mm. Now, Erin Jackson has this really interesting story because up until 2018, her thing was inline skating and roller derby. Huh. So those were those were what she was up to, and somebody saw her roller derbying or inline <laughs> skating and thought, "You might want to get on some ice skates because you're really fast and you could maybe like be good at this." And so, a few months before the 2018 Pyeongchang Games, which were in South Korea, Erin mm-hmm. Jackson switches over to ice skates. Whoa. And she's so good so quickly that she qualifies for that year's Olympics 500 meters race. What? Right? I would be like Bambi. <laughs> if like, I was a. I mean, I am like Bambi when I'm on ice skates. I'm really, really bad. I don't know how people just keep. The blade's straight. You know, I'm in like a perpetual state of my, like, ankles being yeah. <laughs> sort of turned inward.
1: I'm from coastal South Carolina. They don't even let us put the skates on. Like, they're just like, no, just go to the beach. Don't.
0: <laughs> Speaking of my offspring, I did have my first ever kiss at Snow King Ice Arena in um, Shoreline, Washington, when it was Christian music skate night.
1: Oh. <laughs> this is where
0: all of the music they played <laughs> at the rink was contemporary Christian music, <laughs> circa like 1988.
1: Do you know it was playing when I first got kissed? No. White Lions when the children cry.
0: <laughs> That's
1: kind of a <laughs> which I think is not a great, not a very romantic uh, subject It's not matter. a romantic
0: song. No, I mean it's a it's a song that really makes you think. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming from White Lion. No, I know. Like, like where the hair metal band is going to have us really kind of thinking about the state of children in this world. Anyway. Erin Jackson qualifies for the 2018 Olympics and she doesn't like do the greatest. I think she finishes in like 24th place, but of course she only started competitively ice skating like a few months previous. So flash forward now to 2022 and she's been practicing. She now knows how to ice skate. (laughs) They're like, she's really like the great hope for uh, the American 500 meter race at uh, Beijing. And so it's the U.S. trials, right? This is the part where you have to go skate against other Americans, and then however you do there will determine if you get to represent the U.S. to the Olympics or not. Everybody knows that Erin Jackson is like the fastest skater in this event, but she trips, (gasps) and she ends up in third place, which means she is not guaranteed a spot on the U.S. Olympic team Uh -uh. for this – her best event until Mm. her teammate – Brittany Bowe, who had won the event and who was not faster than Aaron Jackson typically, but on this day with Aaron Jackson slipping, Brittany Bowe goes ahead and takes first place. And she announces that she's giving her spot (gasps) to Aaron Jackson. Because she knows that Aaron Jackson is a fast skater and she wants Aaron Jackson to have a chance to represent the U.S. and win possibly a gold medal in Beijing.
1: Oh, my God. I've never heard. I mean, we had the pole vaulting thing in the Summer Olympics where one of the vaulters chose to share it rather than to go to sudden death. So he made a decision. But that was while they were already at the Olympics. This person sacrificed her spot to go to the Olympics so that Aaron Jackson could compete.
0: She gave up this spot. Now, she had qualified in something else. Oh, gotcha. So okay. she was going to get to go to the Olympics. But, I mean, look, the thing about the Olympics is if you can skate in multiple events, that's just multiple chances for you to, you know, get a medal. So I could see somebody wanting to just kind of, you know, have all yeah. of the possibilities that they could to get a medal. But, no, um, Brittany Bowe said – uh, I think it's really important, first of all, in, the, in terms of representation and also just in terms of skill and speed, that Aaron Jackson get this spot. So she gives it up to Aaron Jackson. And then Aaron Jackson wins the flippin' gold medal, wow. becomes the first black woman to ever win any kind of speed skating medal. And I have to tell you, the video of Aaron Jackson skating around the ice with the American flag after she wins and she's crying. Mm. It was, it's like everything that this country should be about. the whole story of how this, she even got to that moment, right? With like the friendship with this other person, with Mm -hmm. somebody making this great sacrifice, historically been underrepresented on these sorts of stages and in these spaces Mm -hmm. for it to all come together this way. And then she wins the gold medal and then she's carrying the American flag. It's like so perfect. It's like out of a movie, but it happened in real life.
1: And it happened just this week. So it's current events,
0: it's so great. Exactly, which makes it the best news that I saw this week I've got some other good news about this week we're gonna be putting out a full-on episode of live wire later this week and it's gonna be a great show we're gonna be talking to the comedian W. Kamau Bell, and also executive producer Katie King about their documentary miniseries, We Need to Talk About Cosby. Wow, this yeah. thing has been getting yeah. so much attention. I feel like I'm just hearing about it constantly just in the cultural conversation because it's really, really well done, and yeah. it's also a really important topic. Of course, it takes a look at Bill Cosby's sort of comedic rise and then also his fall from grace. It's also really centered on the experience of his accusers, which I think is pretty important. yes. And just kind of tries to figure out how he went from being what we thought of as America's dad to the alleged uh, sexual predator that many people say that he is. And also something that I didn't really know until I watched this documentary was what Bill Cosby uniquely meant to black America.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think us white folks who watched The Cosby Show and thought it was funny and entertaining, that was one kind of experience. But there was something much deeper mm-hmm. and more culturally significant going on, I think, for black America, which we found out about watching this documentary. Then we're going to get some fashion advice from our very dapper friend, Paul F. Tompkins. Paul's probably the most dapper person that we regularly have on Livewire, right? Yes, he never wears running shorts. He never—can you imagine <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins coming out on stage at the Alberta Rose Theater in his running shorts? They'd
1: be like seersucker
0: running shorts. <laughs> they, would, they would be, like, very involved. They'd have a lot of stitching and, I don't know, fanciness to them. Anyway, he's going to give us some fashion advice. And then we're going to talk to Keb Moe, the five-time Grammy winner, Ooh. about his nearly 50-year career and also his return to his hometown of Compton, California, where he wrote— a bunch of his uh, new record. So we got a great show coming up later this week on Livewire. Do not miss it. All right, we got to say thanks to everyone who made this episode of the Best News Podcast possible. Of course, Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks to our intern. Jonas Myers. Woohoo! Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme is composed by A Walker Spring. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners. We do have an email address. It's bestnews at livewireradio.org if you want to send us a message or, uh, I don't know, tips, tricks. Tell us how we're doing seven episodes into this project. All right, we'll see you very soon. Until then, please go out and just have the absolute best week.